Thanks for tuning in tonight to the Pod of the West Wind with your host, Matt Gallinson. I got a brand new guest tonight for a goofy chat to bring that Cabian spirit to your own home. So, you probably know my guest for tonight from him winning the Kids' Choice Award for Best Beard of Camp, or from all the Civil War outfits and books. Welcome, the Lord of Swim, the keeper of the ice cream sundaes, the man with the talkie-walkie and the walkie-talkie. It is Elliot Golding. How are you? Well, after that intro, I'm doing much better than I was five <laughs> minutes ago. Thank you. That's good. You know, I appreciate that. We, we appreciate that. Um, so, so tell I mean, me, I where, appreciate where... that intro. So. You know, we've been working on it. We've been crafting it over a couple times now. We're, you know, we're getting, it's, it's getting smoother. <laughs> so, right. um, Elliot, where are you right now? I am up in my loft in my apartment in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. So, close to camp, but can't get there. So. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it's that New England summer, but it's not quite the same without that, that lake that we know very well. <laughs> it's really not. I mean... I do have some trees that I can see out of my kitchen window, but it's really not the same as the view from the, from the motorboat dock when the sun's going down. So definitely, I was trying to. I, I I've I've been living on a farm in Vermont, and I and I saw a sunset the other day, and it almost it almost touched the camp sun camp sunset, and I was really I was trying to get into it. I was trying to get fully into it, but it's just it's just not quite the same, you know. Um, but we make do. We make do. Um, so Elliot. I, I want to know because you seem like a very, very on top of it staff. Everyone says it, you know, I say it, the friends say it. You are just, you are just, you're the pinnacle of what someone would want to be as an organized counselor. And I want to know, were you that way as a camper? How were you behaved as a camper? Well, first of all, it's glad to know that my uh, performance art of being a responsible adult is working and that it has fooled you and everybody else around me. Um, no, I, I was not like that as a camper. I would say, um, so I was a camper for five years from 2002 to 2006. Um, and I really didn't try much outside of the couple things I figured out I liked. Okay. Um, I tended to stay pretty close to home. Like I spent a lot of time at the archery range. I passed out of swimming my fourth summer when I was an Eagle. So for the first three years I had that, that I would just go splash around in the lake and mm. wasted a bunch of time in there. It was fun. And I got my swim lessons in. Um, never really went on a ton of trips. Um, I did a little bit of hiking and then a little bit of canoeing, but nothing major. Never went to the ropes course, never went windsurfing, never went sailing. So I just sort of would look around the dining hall, be like, oh, my friends are raising their hand for that random activity third period. I too will raise my hand. And okay, all right. <laughs> just tag along with my friends. Oh, you know what? I'm totally blanking. I did the plays. Okay. Uh, that was that was always the biggest thing. Was you know I got to say that does not surprise me, Elliot. <laughs> You've kept the theatricism. I did theater in middle school and high school, but it started at camp. I feel like every camper has those stories where the first thing they really they really 
actually get into is at camp and they start to they have that aha moment where you know it's such a free and open space to try new things and so you're going to be exposed to these things and then once in a while it just really clicks with a camper and that's a great thing to see that's really really cool yeah definitely like my first so my first session as a camper i was only there for two weeks because we used to have a two-week introductory program. It wasn't the Cubs. Okay. It was something where you would just drop into a cabin. I think 10 or 11 may have been the cutoff, and I was 11 my first oh. summer, so I was in the Wolves, sort of the top end of that. You just showed up on the first day, did two weeks of camp, and then either left or got to stay after that. Huh. So I missed, I missed the play the first summer I was there. Mm-hmm. But we did cabin skit night, and I, somehow I got written in as the star of our cabin skit, and it was great. And it was that first little like exactly. seed of it. They call that the drama. I don't know. know. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I know. <laughs> but for whatever reason, my second summer when I was a woodchuck, I didn't, I didn't bother with the play. And then mm-hmm. when my third year as a cougar, I was like, oh, I'll volunteer or audition. Um, and we did little shop of horrors. I played the plant shop owner, so I got to get eaten by a plant. So good. <laughs> and that was it. And that's it. And that, and the rest is history, as you know, from, from all camp announcement activities. All camp, yes, all all camp activity my, announcements. <laughs> right. All, all of the bombastic things I've yelled in the dining hall ever since then are all directly tied into my theory. Record, so. <laughs> it's so funny that actually we started. So I don't know if everyone caught that. We started, me and Elliot, at the same age in the same cabin at camp. And what's funny about that is when I was a camper, when I was a wolf, Elliot was a counselor. And now that I'm a counselor and Elliot's a counselor, we've become quite good friends. And that's so interesting to me how camp can do that because, you know, it just takes relationships and it makes them, first of all, lasting, but also kind of dynamic. They change very much. And that's really interesting to me because, you know, a while ago, I never would have thought that I'd have like Ken's phone number. And maybe one day all of you campers can have Ken's phone number too if you work hard enough, you know? (laughs) Yes. All of you that are listening to this, keep coming back to KBN long enough. So that by process of attrition, you end up just being friends with Ken. Then you can bug him whatever you want. (laughs) No, I think it's one of the things I, when I talk to Kabian about people, especially people who didn't really go to camp, Mm. because they have sort of this, it's not a misconception, but if you've seen enough old movies where they're all set at summer camps, it's all kinds of crazy adventures, you sort of think camp is one way. But for those of us, and you know, you're in the same boat. Like we were campers. We had all the, the camper fun. And then we came back as counselors. And, mm-hmm. You know, when you're 18 and 19 working at camp is just the thing you do in the summer. Yeah. Like for me, I, my first summer working was before my senior year of high school me too. and then, you know, stayed working through college. But if you stick around long enough at a certain point, you look around a staff meeting and you go, all right, there's four people in here that I remember when I was a camper, including being terrified of a couple of them. Um, And then the other 15 people in this meeting are all people I remember when they were campers, some of them when they were in my cabin, and now we're all in this staff meeting together. This is very strange, but also kind of cool, and I really enjoy it. It's so cool. And I mean, it wouldn't... That's where I I am at this point. I truly believe that camp wouldn't be the same place if it wasn't like that. Like, one of the most important things for me is the idea that the staff will continue to come back. They do. They even... Like, it, it, it transcends going there for just a couple summers and enjoying yourself. It really is a community, and in the strongest sense, meaning 
continuous yield, continuous recycling of the people who just want to be there. Um, it's really special. It's really special. And I don't think there's many places that I've found that are quite like that. No, I, it's certainly, it's certainly the only thing I've experienced in my life mm. to that degree, you know, absolutely H- having, whether it's Bill or even somebody like Ken, who's been around for a long time, you know, Terry Dash, the so much when he's back, Andy Sapora, Jeff Kubler, like that, the class of people, and that's the class of people that I look at who are my former, my former mm-hmm. counselors. But to have them be there and being alongside people like me and people like you and then the generations coming up behind us, like we're all there together. We all speak that same common language in Cabian and we have access to it. Okay, well, I, here, I have another question. You know, go with me on this one. But I want to know, okay, so the Book of Swim. <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. Here's something, you know, I've always been in awe of the book of swim because it seems quite ancient. You know, it seems like a relic of sorts. Um, and I'm sure the campers are also curious. I want to know how, what power, what deity, what force bestowed the book of swim upon your mortal possession. I want to know <laughs> how that, how that occurred. <laughs> well, there are certain things that I have sworn very sacred and ancient oaths never to disclose to the public. This is not one of them. Ooh, okay. (laughs) You know, the Book of Swim came around one day as I was strolling across the waterfront. A great tidal wave rose up out of the lake and washed over me. And when it was gone, there lying on the ground in front of me, miraculously dry, was this very sacred text given to us by the lake. Oh, my. (laughs) <laughs> or it's the product of having been around camp long enough to watch a bunch of different swim departments try every conceivable way to get people to show up to their swimming lessons and me deciding when I became the head of swimming that trying to inject a bit of humor into the situation was better than yell at, literally yelling at people in the dining hall to show up to swimming. Yeah, you know, we've all seen that, you know, to, to differing success rates. <laughs> right, and so, some of you listening to this may have been someone that I have yelled at in the dining hall at lunch. I'm for which the I list of shame. apologize for my past self. <laughs> I, like that's the thing about having been in one activity for so long. Cause my, you know, I started as a counselor in 2008 mm-hmm. as a swim counselor mm-hmm. and then it just never left the waterfront. And that's so, you know, swim staff. Yeah. And you kind of, and now, and then, mm-hmm. I mean now head of the water, the waterfront is quite your domain. I mean, for me, when I got started, it was just, okay, I got hired to work at camp. I, I applied to be the athletics counselor originally because when I was an intern, I was actually the drama intern, again, following up on that theater stuff. But I pretty quickly realized as a drama intern, like, if I'm going to be at camp, I have to be outside. Showing up to camp and sitting in a building all day does not, mm-hmm. does not do anything. For me. So from there, I was like, okay. What are the outdoor activities? What's the outdoor activity with the most flexibility? Oh, athletics. You can just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So I applied for that. My first year it was already filled. But the director at the time basically gave me the list of options of what was available. And it was pottery, which, again, sitting in a building all day, I figured out I didn't want to do that. Sailing. Which you hadn't done. Which I hadn't done. So my dad is a former Commodore 
oh. and is a huge sailor in his personal life as well. So he saw that and his head was spinning around with joy and I had to crush his dream of a multi-generational CYC Golding dynasty by saying like, dad, I don't like boats. Uh, and there are a couple others. It's like ropes course, which I'd never been to and had no desire to go try to learn. Like canoeing, where it would have been one of those things where I wasn't old enough to be trip staff, so I would have just been in camp canoeing or swimming. And I was like, okay, I always like swimming. I like being in the water. Like, yeah, I'll do that. So I just got started there. And then, like I said, here I am. But, you know, to me, the waterfront, and I really don't want to say this to the detriment of any other part of camp but through my camp experience the waterfront is really a big part of what makes us so special i mean we're on the water all the time absolutely even if you never go in the lake you still get that ridiculously beautiful view just by showing up to cavian <laughs> you know exactly but to, to not only do we have the water as sort of the, the scenic backdrop but we have so much that we do on and it's a program that we're continuing. Like we got the new boat so we can go do more trips. You know, we've upped, we've upgraded what the windsurfing department has by adding state of paddle boarding, playing around with things like that. And to have just sort of come, come up in that particular world and camp and now to be in a position of responsibility. It's really cool. Cause you know, I sit, I sit on that dock and watch, you know, watch everybody work and do their thing and help direct traffic and coordinate between everybody. But I also can remember, like, I remember jumping off that crib when I was 10. Were you a play swim kid? Were you an every play swim kid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I honestly, hats off to those kids. I think they are are doing it right. And I could never quite be that when I was a camper. But the every play swim kids, uh (laughs) uh-huh. There definitely was a line, like, some of the grayer days, Mm -hmm. I would wave it off. I also was an August session camper, so I never have to, had to worry about the lake being cold. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a really unpleasant shock the first time I was there in July as an intern when I jumped in. I was like, oh, I have never felt a lake like this at the end of June. <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. All I immediately regret this. It's brisk and refreshing. It's a whole new situation in July. Well, that's, that, the term brisk and refreshing comes from what the lake is like during pre-camp and the first week and a half of July session. That's what's funny is August campers, you don't recognize we are up here. I was a July camper myself. We are up here freezing our butts off in the, in the Arctic Lake, you know, before you guys get here and oh, yeah. it's been turned on and everything's perfectly, you know, well set up. Yeah. July, you, you have to, you have to have some endurance at the beginning of July. Oh, certainly. Certainly. Now I will say you missed this particular joy last year, mm. um, doing a staff swim test, which we do sort of right at the beginning of pre-camp. Because it's never fun. It takes, you know, 15, 20 minutes. you got to get everybody and get everybody else. <laughs> But the day we did it last year, it was like the second day of free camp. It is the – so end of June. So right around now, basically. Okay. The coldest I have ever felt the lake. Oh, no. <laughs> and <everyone>. Ever. <laughs> and it's my – I'm in charge of it. So I'm the one putting the entire staff in the lake. And I, I have a little bit of sort of – call it arrogance or you can call it leadership but i was the first one in because i feel like i have to like i should be the first one in on something well, I'm charges into do. battle first is what they say right so i jump in first and i hit the water i'm like oh this is literally awful but i'm like i can't show it because i'm the entire staff is sitting on the swim dock watching me 
just doggy paddle out to the crib so that I can then watch everybody else go out. So then I'm out there freezing. I'm watching everybody else's face. They all get out to me. They're glaring at me. I was out on the crib long enough to dry off, knowing that then I had to jump back and swim back in. So the whole thing was painful, and we did it right before dinner. So at dinner, I sort of came in the dining hall and late. And it's the only time I ever feel like the entire staff has glared at me in the dining hall because it was all like, you put us in that temperature water? Why exactly? <laughs> there you go, campers. That is what happens during pre-camp, if anyone was curious. That and we open up all the secret staff lounges around camp. But we're not we do, we do but we won't talk about that here. So at what point did your fascination with the Civil War, or really just with history in general, when did you, when did you, really, when did you really start getting into that? Yeah, so it started, I was seven or eight years old, and my dad took me to a Civil War reenactment in New York, which is where I grew up, and then just got into it from there, just sort of re reading all the Civil War history I could find. Um, somewhere around my, the beginning of my freshman year of high school, I started realizing that, okay, I've sort of read everything I can get my hands on. But there's this whole other continent called Europe that has all of its own history as well. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like, once I started pivoting and reading about like, Napoleon and that stuff, that just blew the, blew the doors off the thing. Mm. Um, because, you know, once you get into that, then you're literally getting all over the world. Um, I mean, he got so, it. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then that, it's sort of the liking history and, growing up at camp and then working camp be like, Oh, I kind of like this like working with kids thing mm -hmm. at a certain point And much later than the light bulb should have clicked on after wasting a bunch of time in college that I would like to get back. But <laughs> at a certain point, it's sort of like, okay, what do I do after I graduate college? It's like, wait, 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 wait. I love history and I like working with kids. Gee, if only there was a way to combine the two into a full-time job that also very convenient leaves my summers open for me to come back and do the camp thing. Oh, yeah. Suspicious. So, <laughs> yeah, it's completely convenient that it all worked out that nice. And I bet you so. absolutely love it, and I bet you're an amazing teacher, Elliot. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, there are a few students from my school who are also campers, so. Oh, I bet that's actually a strange overlap at, at times. <laughs> I don't think so. You as so. Mr. Golding? No, so I work at a Montessori school oh, okay, cool. um, down here on the seacoast. So it's not formal at all. You know, the whole point is to sort of find, figure out what your students are good at and help them along those. So it's very casual. You know, I wear a t-shirt and jeans to work. Cool. I'm Elliot to them. I'm not Mr. Golden. So in a lot of ways, it feels like being a camp counselor, huh. just with math instead of swimming. Hey, you know, we try to get some math in at camp. You know, it doesn't really work, but... <laughs> I don't. I, you, you might. I, I, no, I no. History, <laughs> history, maybe. I did read a book last time I was at camp. Um, <gasps> big one. A big book. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Elliot, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is it was wonderful to have you on this show tonight. I'm sure everyone loved to hear from you and all of the... All of the, we're going to cut this out. I don't know. That, that sentence. <laughs> and the bad news is that we are unfortunately out of time for this edition oh. of the Pot of the West Wind. But, so you're telling I, me I have to go eat dinner now? 
I guess you have to. I might yeah. too, actually. We can do it together. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was great to have you on the show. Um, thanks for all the stories. Thanks for the conversation. And I hope you tune in when this gets published. For everyone listening, I hope you continue listening. Uh, have a great night. Uh,